to the drawing room experts this is Abe back with another one um i like this i like the the spontaneity of it i like the 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 reduction in production value not that i have this uh, this massive production value to begin with but it's definitely lesser than what i'm uh, been trying to do with the podcast but um and that has caused a lot of delays on me doing these podcasts in the first place so I like this. I like uh, I like the setup as well. And it's not it's not that I haven't tried to record in hotel rooms before. I have, but for one one reason or the other, it just didn't look right. I think the lighting wasn't just perfect, or the seating position, or something like where it, it just didn't seem right. Um, but this one has a pretty nice feel to it, so um, I'm getting used to it. So yeah, hope you guys are doing well um what are we talking about today well i wanted to talk about a few things um that i was just going through the list of, of like my podcast ideas and episode ideas that i usually keep up myself i think of something interesting that i want to talk about i um i i just write about it um so i think the first one i i, I will probably do like a proper episode on 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 this one with 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 um all my all my thoughts um almost uh, formalized um but I just wanted to bring it up as to as to how I'm thinking about these things um the first one is pretty pretty straightforward and the pretty simple one um revolves cricket um as you know I've been a huge proponent I can't believe I have to say this in these this time and age um with the numbers that this guy cracks up but that's 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 where we are in, in public discourse uh, when it comes to cricket in Pakistan um so as i was saying i've been a huge proponent of uh, babar azam um not just as a player but i think as a captain as well um to be honest, I wasn't the fan of his selection as cap- captain to begin with, but um, you know there was there wasn't much around at the time, so I I had to swallow that pill. And and but ever since that, you know, he's grown on me. I think he's still got a lot of room of room for improvement as far as a captaincy is concerned. But he's done he's done well. I mean, his numbers don't lie. Um, and one might argue, you know the quality of opposition that he's been up against, but it's it's ridiculous. I mean, the guy has two major finals in the past year. Um and, you know, before I move forward, I would like I'd like to address this idea that that people put forward that uh, this as a some sort of a failure um uh for for a Pakistani captain to be in two finals, which, you know, one of them I do understand that and I do believe that that we should have won. Excuse me. Um, but having said that, I mean, it's important to 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 really put things into context. Um, you know, Asia Cup. I don't think we 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 failed and lost miserably the last time we played in the UAE. 
Under Sarfraz Ahmed, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think we got out in the first round or something and didn't make it to the semis or whatever. I mean, it's a small tournament. I mean, you have to do really poorly to not really make it to the final, um, especially for India or Pakistan. So, um, so that was your heritage, as our good friend Jose Marini would like to say. That was your, your heritage. And then as far as World Cup is concerned, I know, granted, we've been doing okay uh, in ICC tournaments. Um, barring, I think, 2003, 2007, each of the World Cups after that, and if you, and if you jog my, jog our memories together, if we jog our memories together, 2007, you know, again, like I said, 2003, 2007 were forgettable. 2009, uh, sorry, 2007, T20 World Cup, we were finalists. 2009, winners. 2010, semifinals semi-finalists 2012 i think quarterfinalists if i'm not mistaken but you know that was a forgettable tournament as well um 2014 yeah i don't remember much about that either 2016 as well i mean i can look it up i'm pretty sure so so i mean i think having um you know putting that into context you know that kind of makes my point that it wasn't like the most memorable T20 World Cup performances for Pakistan, um, although it wasn't the worst as well. But for this team to then reach the finals of a T20 World Cup is nothing to be, it's nothing to really, you know, feel ashamed of. And so this this captain of ours has had two major finals in the past year. Granted, he should have won one of them at least, but he didn't, and that's fine. Uh, you're only going to win the games or the tournaments or the championships that you are eligible to. You're not eligible to win championships if you don't win, if you don't get to the final. So, um, you know, that's at least a 50% chance of them winning. And that is despite all of the bullshit that the media throws and the fans kind of throw at, at, at this team as, as being, you know, slow or the run rate bullshit you know, a uh, brigade that is out there. It's fucking insane. So um, what really goes around about Barbarazm, you know, mostly is is how slow he is, um, how he's costing Pakistan games, um, and how much of a stat patter he is. Um, and all, on all these counts, I, you know, I, I reject all these counts wholeheartedly. Um, where to begin? I mean, um, is he a stat stat patter? Um, you would have to see, you would have to really categorize what that means. If a stat patter is that your average and your numbers look good, but the team isn't winning, then that's just factually wrong. But the the limited amount of research that I have done, um. I can I can report this um quite confidently that um Pakistan wins more than 60% of the games in which Babar Azam scores I think 30 or 40 or more. So um that if you were just putting maths together, if you're just putting numbers together, two plus two, you know, that 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 clearly means that 
you win games when you, this guy scores. So this whole idea about him, him, his run rate holding the team back is is just not you, you cannot prove it. There's no way to prove it. And the only way this would have made sense is that even though he was scoring runs, Pakistan were losing uh, more. So it didn't matter if he scored a 50. It didn't matter if he scored 40 runs or more. Um, Pakistan still lost. And statistically, it's easy to prove those things. It's not rocket science. But the fact is that Pakistan wins 60% of the games on average in which he scores 40 runs or more, 30 runs or more. And that is insane numbers. That is insane numbers. Um, as for the run rate bullshittery, you know, I don't understand. I mean, I would love, to, this is this is the part where I think I, I need to do a little bit more research on and really put the numbers together. And I would love to be so interested in, in figuring this out. How many times um, on average does a team score 180 plus? You know, I say 180 plus because 180 plus is generally considered like a high scoring total or a very competitive total put put in by the team. Um, how many times does that happen? And out of all the times that is that has happened, you know, what's been the win or loss percentage? And then the teams that have been really kind of rightfully been been in the in the talking points when it comes to leading the charts and and how the game should be played. England, one of them, they are T Twenty champions currently, and uh, white ball champ like white ball champions end to end. So, um. They, um, it would be interesting for me to me to see how much uh, how much runs, how many times have they scored uh, uh, one eighty runs um, or more in um, you know in the in the last couple of years or whatever the whatever the the time that that started dominate the the sport because that's it's only then you know run rate becomes kind of a, you know, you can start to have some sort of a conversation around around strike rates and run rates. That, oh, because, you know, the blueprint team right now, England, has a record of scoring 180 runs or more for, let's say, I don't know, 60% of the time or 60% of the games that they play in, they score 180 plus more, and they win 70% of those games. That is a very undeniable statistic. That it gives you a blueprint of of um, of of how the game is being played right now. But then, one would argue, um, what is the number two? You know, does that mean scoring uh, less than one eighty means that you lose games? Not necessarily, right? So, I mean, going back, I think this is this is just overcomplicated. People just kind of overcomplicate these bullshitteries. Like, you know, yes, getting a good platform, scoring sixty runs in the first six overs. Gives you a massive opportunity to score a lot of runs in by the twentieth over. But I mean, if I'm not mistaken, if I were to just you know uh, bullshit my way through this, uh, I don't think on an average a team scores more than eight and a half runs an over. And I think I did some research on this, but I don't remember the numbers that I pulled. But but I think that is a good guess. That is a very, very generous guess. That on average, a team does not score more than eight runs in over in a 20-over game. 
when setting a target. We're not we're, talk, we're not talking about chasing because it's a it's a different ball game altogether because then you have a target in mind you can play however you want to play. But on average, still you don't score you don't score more than eight and a half runs um, and over. That means forty eight in the first six overs. Uh, that means almost like eighty in the first ten. Um, and that means like a um, 160 plus 160, 60, 70 average score, which is considered again, you know, now that I count it, you know, it looks a very decent score and you won't see, you know, on average more than that. It would be less than that. I've seen a lot of games, even the ones that are high scoring, you know, recently in the, Indian, uh, in the Pakistan New Zealand game, for example, the series currently being held in Pakistan, you know, the last game was 150, 160 game. So, I, I don't think my math will be too far off. So having said that, um, what are you trying to achieve with 150, 160 strike rate from your openers? If you're scoring the the same amount of runs as someone does if they score 120, 130, 140. We get Gaokarli up. Like, I don't understand. It Are England with their openers, their great openers scoring at 150 are they getting 200 every game no i don't think so i don't think so so if the you know if the teams are scoring fast supposedly getting to the same score that the teams are that are scoring slowly supposedly then i don't understand what the fuck is wrong with babarazm so I just don't understand this, 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 the, I said weirdly, but I just don't understand this, this whole obsession with, with, um, um, with strike rates, Bob Rossum, and where, why he should bat anything anywhere else than the, the, the first two slots. No chance. There's no reason to demote him to number three. Has he not performed? He has. Um, is he costing the team? No, he Pakistan wins uh, more than six, six, uh, as I said, more than sixty percent of the games he scores runs in, like good runs in. So, if there's a problem, I cannot find it. So, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll do a proper show on this, and I'm, I want to get the other argument. I mean, perhaps like Afan probably would be a good person to bring in at this point and and really get to test his logic. And some other folks, I guess, as well, uh, from from the boys group that I have, you know, want to bring in someone who who can who can really who can really articulate what I'm tr- missing, obviously, obviously missing. So, yeah, keep keep Bobber playing at number one or two. I get the sexiness of uh, Saim Ayub and Muhammad Haris, you know, you know the way they score runs. It's sexy and it's attracting and appealing. But it it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't end up anywhere. You know, I I don't know. So, um, so that was the first thing that I had in mind. So I was, you know, top of mind. I just wanted to get it out. Um, what else? What else do we have that I wanted to talk about? Hmm. Um, 
I think um on the same realm about um you know um you know captaincy in cricket you know just going back to Sir Farazam and I think when when he was um he was the captain and or even I, I, let me go further than that you know when when Misbah was the captain what used to be um what used to be the 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 talk um at the time was that you know this this captain isn't as aggressive i remember shaila fidi going on national television every other day or you know shay bakhtar going on national television and talking about timidness and you know that he seems like he's he's not like bold or whatever like or or as uh, ms balak would put it like bazooka chala dun sar pe rakhe okay so yeah rocket launcher mar do so so you know there was there was a lot of controversy about about his leading style and then when sarfaraz came in you know like any new shiny toy that pakistani cricket fans get you know it's always this uplift of optimism about the style that 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 sarfaraz had oh look he goes and you know runs to the bowlers every over every ball of the uh, of the over and talks to them you know motivates them and he's seen screaming seen screaming on the field and he's like you know super hyperactive so um yeah that's that's what we like and then i think a year 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 or year and a half later that that wore off like that wore off and people were sick of that they were sick of this idea of like and now he, he was seen as someone who's putting pressure on the bowlers that now the players are under pressure because of him demanding too much from his 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 um his team um so the so the, the the reason why I bring this up is is that there's also this undue pressure that is put on and is related to run rates and it's related to a lot of things especially in Pakistan cricket when there's talk about you know playing aggressive cricket playing an aggressive brand of cricket i mean ramiz raza used to uh you know shit the bed you know saying saying those in in his youtube videos so many times but um that again it doesn't really it doesn't really translate into anything i know people argue that england's uh, aggressive style has given them two world cups in the past um i don't know 10 5 years um they won 20 2019 yeah last 5 years uh two world cups in the last 5 years um so um obviously that brand of cricket has has reaped its, its its rewards but at the same time you know people it's not like they've been cake it hasn't been a cake walk for them uh by any stretch of imagination they didn't win the final in australia last year because of their aggressive cricket if anything they won it because of their defensive cricket because they were really patient in that final when england uh, when when pakistan were on top of them for uh for most of the second innings so um and that even the final with new zealand it wasn't a high scoring game they didn't score like fucking 400 runs in that odi final and and won convincingly no it was a fucking two i what was the final score um icc final 2019 
Yeah, 240. 241. New Zealand fucking scored 241, and England narrowly chased it. Narrowly chased it. I think they drew it. That's why the run the, the score went to um, super overs. So even one can argue that that brand of cricket didn't actually help them win. It was the other brand, the defensive mode, the the sustainability mode, kind of like got them over the line. I mean, Jose has been screaming about this ever since his Chelsea days that defense wins you championships. Uh, you know, uh, you know, attacking t- you know teams didn't win as much. So, you know, even so, one can argue that that even that was um, um, not fruitful. But I'll give them, uh, you know, for the sake of argument, I'll give them that. But like I said, even 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 with that approach, it didn't really. It wasn't a cakewalk for this team. They struggled throughout. They their test cricket struggled because of that. And you know, if things were different, they could have lost. They could have lost both finals. So, so I don't understand this idea of like this 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 um, brand of cricket. You know, um, this brand of cricket. Um, you know, guaranteeing success. I don't think that 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 that's the case. Um, so, I mean, that goes to prove my point again that you know, brand of cricket is dependent upon the resources that you get. The reason why I backed Mispa when he was captain, and we had this this defensive approach, admittedly. Um, because we didn't have people who could uh, go on and and win games for you, so you didn't have a lot of match winners uh, for the most part of his 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 tenure as as captain. And with those resources, with the without the the Vasims and Vakars of this world, without the Shoaibs of this world, without without the Saklans and um, you know Ajmals of this world, you know you have to build your team around players that. We'll keep you in the game. We'll keep you in the game until the final minute, and then we'll see what happens. That's the that was the the strategy. If I were to really summarize, Mizba's strategy it was strategy was let's just stay in the game. I know we if we if we go in for the kill, we might lose badly. So let's just make sure with this poor team that I have, I we we stay in the game, and and he did for the most part. So it's about it's about staying in the game. Kane Williamson does that brilliantly. He did that brilliantly against India in the semifinals of the 2019 World Cup. He did that brilliantly against England in the final of the World Cup. I mean, he defended 230-odd against India, almost defended 240 against, uh, you know, this fucking menacing England side. Um, so it's about doing best with your resources. One can argue that Kane Williamson is a fucking boredom you know, boring captain or negative captain, but I don't hear much of that. I don't know, maybe he's white. That's why. But I, I don't hear anything of that nature about his captaincy because if someone were, were to argue, you know, there's your there's your defensive captain right there. So I don't understand. I don't understand what the, the fuss is um, about, about, you know, um, Bobber being defensive or... Or Safaraz being defensive, or or Misbah being defensive, because it means nothing. That is just that's just stating the sun is out. 
Yeah. So what does that mean? Does that mean it's hot? Does that mean that it's not cold? Does it mean that it's pleasant? You got to complete the sentence. People, when they say this team, the captain is defensive. What does that mean? I don't understand what that means. That's just like a half sentence. You're almost waiting for someone to, you know, complete their thought, but it never completes because it's, like I said, they're all talking out of their asses for all I, for all I care. Um, I, I wasn't, honestly, I wasn't intending to talk about cricket, but it just, one thing leads to another. Um, one thing I want to want to talk about before I end this this episode is uh, a very interesting thought that a friend of mine, you know, recently shared with me. Uh, he might be listening to this, so he knows who he is. Um, he talked about a he talked about a particular dilemma that he had faced, uh, you know, in his work life uh, when he got put on a on an account um of a company that supported um or you know it was easy to tell that they supported um a certain separatist group within his country of birth and i say country of birth because it, that's that's the whole point you know it's country of birth and not country of uh, of uh, citizenship, but but anyway, that's not that's beyond that's neither here or there. But he said that he felt like he felt like you know um, that it was a very it was an ethical dilemma that should he be working with this account on this account, given his given giving his all. For a an institution or or an organization that supports separatist separatist groups in the country of his birth, and he asked me whether that's a dilemma. I thought about it briefly, and um, and I responded saying that you know I don't think it's a dilemma. It would have been a dilemma, or we could have had that discussion if. If if you are still a citizen of that country, you know maybe that would that would have been a starting point for at least to us to entertain the thought. But because you're not a citizen of that country, it shouldn't really technically uh, concern you, right? Um, but that was just a you know very academic statement. That was a very high level you know statement, which is could be neither here or not there. So um, obviously I had to elaborate. So. Um, because it's still a country of his birth, so there's that connection, you know, with it. I can be whatever citizen I am, but because I was born in Pakistan, there's always going to be that connection to the country. So, um, then I thought about like, why would this be uh why would this be a dilemma? Are separatist groups dilemmas? Um is, uh, um, you know, uh, demanding separate homeland homeland for yourself or for your brethren something that you can wrap an ethical argument around? I honestly don't think so because 
I, I, I do I disagree with the idea that someone should have their own land? No. I, I don't see anything wrong with that. And it would be pretty, pretty hypocritical of me if I said so, because I am a Pakistani. So one can turn around and say, hey, well, your country is on the base, was born on the basis of separatism. So I, it, you know, but, but despite all of that, even if it wasn't, I don't disagree with that. Because at demanding your own, demanding to run your own fate, Demanding your own uh, independence is uh, is uh, not something that I consider unethical. Um, obviously, you know there's caveats in there too because if the the said separatist group um, was resorting to violence, was resorting to you know murders of killings of um, you know innocent innocent men women and children so i mean then obviously it becomes like an issue but but just demanding so and even like protesting for it does not really make you a criminal in my opinion so it it, it doesn't really it doesn't really become a it becomes a dilemma if i am working with someone who i disagree with on a moral level do i consider asking for a separate land an immoral stance? No. Or or is it an unethical stance? No. The way you're asking for it might be an unethical stance that you might be saying you might be resorting to violence. That's unethical, immoral. So, you know, that, an argument can be made over there. But just just asking for a separate homeland isn't in itself a an unethical or immoral or, uh, ask. So, um, with... When would then that become um, a problem? Uh, as I said, it becomes a problem if I morally disagree with it. For example, if I were to work with work on an account or work with a company that um, were known to be Nazi sympathizers, you know, so that's a moral or ethical stance where I would feel like, you know, what that I can't work with such a company, I can't work on such an account because I'm morally disagree with their stance that Aryans are the superior race. You know what I mean? Um, or someone who's a white nationalist. I wouldn't feel comfortable working in that. That would be a proper ethical dilemma or a moral dilemma that I, working on this company, we're not talking about race. We're not talking about anything. But I just happen to know that this guy that I'm working for, or working with is a white nationalist um, creates a very, an awkward situation. That I agree. Um, other um, examples would be uh, as a Shia, you know, working with uh, someone who does not consider me to be a uh, to be a Muslim who should be living on this planet. You know, that's an ethical dilemma. Obviously, that's in a more existential dilemma um, at that point. But yeah, uh, I would feel uncomfortable with that. But just because someone demands and um, demands a separate state, would I be uncomfortable with them? I can disagree with them, you know. I can say, well, that's not the right way to go, but I wouldn't be uncomfortable with them. I would still be pretty, pretty okay with them having that demand because, again, like I said, I'm, I'm said in a, you know other podcasts as well, other episodes. I don't consider borderlines to be sacred. 
from a perspective that it can never be changed. Borders change all the time. South um, subcontinent changed 75 years ago. So who said that after 75 years, you cannot change? Or I mean, Pakistan changed uh, 40 years ago. 40 or so, like whatever the time is from 71. Um, 50 years, I think. Um, so who, who, who came up with the law and the rule again that you cannot change it again? So obviously those changes can be made. Um, it just, you know, the way they are demanded or the way they're carried is something that, you know, you can disagree with, but, you know, having an art movement or whatever, but the thought that you, 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 um, you should have, or you, I want a separate state that, that in itself does not merit like me getting uncomfortable. So again, the crux of this, this, this particular um, discussion was that it's an interesting thought that people confuse, um, people confuse their uncomfortableness with the situation as something that they feel entitled to be compensated for. So if I'm uncomfortable in a certain environment, if I'm uncomfortable sitting across the table from someone who proposes or is a proponent for uh, a separate Balochistan state, yeah, I might be uncomfortable sitting across them. But does that mean I'm facing a, 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 an ethical dilemma or a moral dilemma? No. If you really think about it, no, that's not a, that's not what it is, right? You're uncomfortable. So people, I think, when they face uncomfortable situations, they all of a sudden want to be compensated for them. So when you want to be compensated for them, um, you 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 try and put put them into buckets that they don't fall under. So when you say that I this is a moral dilemma or an ethical dilemma, you're almost asking to be compensated by even you know by either you know being moved away from that account or not having to be involved in such a such a manner with this this particular establishment. Um, so that's so when when they are in those uncomfortable situations, they're looking for you know, they're looking to be compensated. They're looking for retributions. Um, word with that, but I forget the forgetting that word. Um, so I think a lot of a lot of it goes back to recognizing why you're uncomfortable and if that uncomfortableness is coming just because of the fact that you some someone with a different different thought is sitting across you. Um, um and and not because that different thought is or having that different thought is morally morally incorrect um i thought i i hope that that made sense um i think this was a a pretty solid discussion towards the end even the cricket discussion i mean you gotta agree i mean i had some solid valid points in there so you know, feel free to disagree, you know, leave a comment, subscribe to the podcast on YouTube. I will try to be as um, regular as I can and as interesting as topics that I can pick. Um, you know, it's not my full-time gig, so what are you going to do, right? So, yeah, subscribe to the channel on, on YouTube. Follow us on uh, Instagram, um, you know, Spotify, 
Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, um, Amazon Music, Samsung Podcast. Uh, I'm also on there. Podbean, you know, of course, the the, the hosting platform. Shouldn't forget that. Um, yeah, and subscribe to the channel. Uh, leave us a rating on on Spotify and others. Makes it easier for other people to discover the show. I will see you guys with another one soon. Thanks. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,